Hey, hey, Brenda. How are you? I'm so good, thanks. Thanks for having me. We're wearing our cozy sweaters today. Yes, yes. I mean, it's actually pretty warm where I am right now, but uh, it's a little chilly in my house. Got it. I'm so glad to have you on here. I gave a little bit of an introduction and just, uh, I'm really excited because I just said, there's so many ways to define your brand. We're bringing on Kim today to talk about really getting your brand voice out there as midlife women entrepreneurs. So I'm excited yeah. for the conversation yeah. today. Well, it's honestly, it's one of the things I love talking about most It's uh, my whole reason why I have started my business. So yeah, let's get into it. Okay. Well, a couple other things that I want to make sure that um, everyone who's chiming in knows a little bit more about you, that you've got 17 years experience working with small businesses and nonprofits. Mm -hmm. um, you can uh, check out your biz and your copywriting tips for Gen X women entrepreneurs on your podcast, which is amazing. Whenever I listen to your podcast, I'm always taking away different tips. Um, and it's, uh, you can find it at kimkeel.com, mm -hmm. which is great. And I said earlier, you're a brand voice expert, copy coach, founder of a boutique copywriting agency called Kim Kiel Copy. Anything else we should know? Uh, I love double espressos. I love the Beastie Boys. And I love laughing at anything Gen X related. So yeah. <laughs> Bring on the memes, right? Yes, exactly. Hey, amazing. Um, so our topic today is unleashing your personality. And Kim's going to take us through this. But Kim, I have a couple questions for you because you are an entrepreneur and the focus this week is for women entrepreneurs. Are you okay if we go a little bit behind the scenes and talk about your business for a few minutes? 100%, yep. yeah. Um, so Kim, a warning sign. Going back to your newbie self, what you know now about running in your, uh, operating in your business, what would you tell them? I wish... I would have started sooner. I was 42 when I kind of put my big girl panties on and left my corporate day job, which was actually with a nonprofit. It was a beautiful nonprofit. I loved the job. But when you have young kids who are going to school in the house, that juggle of the, the daily commute was just, it was too much. And I was playing the childcare juggle, but I had really held myself back from starting a business or being self-employed. And now that I'm six or seven years into this, uh, it was a lot easier than I expected. And I am so much more fulfilled now that I have done this. And I come from a philanthropic background. So being very mission-driven, service-oriented, that was very, very important to me. And I've been able to translate that over into my, my, uh, current work because I work with very mission-driven, impact-driven women and business owners and still work with a few charities as well, but I would have started sooner. Amazing. I would, I would tell my younger self who gets that advice from you to hop over the fence and tell my younger self that too, yeah. um, or my newbie self, because it was the same thing for me. I felt like I kind of needed a job a little bit longer, get a little bit more experience, a little bit more credential under my belt. And it was just like, it almost, in a way, um, got me into a little bit of state of disillusionment, like in my corporate job before starting my business. And I kind of had to wean myself off of that and then get fully into my business. So I think it's, it's helpful advice that you don't necessarily need to, I, I guess I was kind of thinking, oh, I needed to be like in my 60s, because whenever I saw consultants out there, they were all uh. in their 60s and stuff like that. And I'm like, I have to wait 20 years. And I'm like, no, you don't need to do that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Start I just think there's so much potential right now. Uh, especially post pandemic, everyone is online. Everyone knows how to use online marketing tools. And there's honestly such a great opportunity for a lot of us to translate the expertise we have in our corporate day job lives 
into something digital. That doesn't mean it's always going to be like a win right out of the gate, but it's really kind of like a slow and steady, keep it going. And I find that those of us who have a little bit of life experience under our belt and we can kind of approach our businesses with that level of experience, we seem to have a, a bit more success and a bit more staying power than some others I see who do like smash onto the online marketplace and expect all the successes in just a matter of minutes. So yeah, I think that there's a, a, big, a, a big opportunity for women in our generation to have success later in life, I for sure. It. You've got a raving fan in the comments here. I believe um, their name, I can't pronounce, I might uh, not pronounce it correctly, Sadika um, says, I love your podcast, Kim, you're awesome. Oh, so. that's Great. Thanks. Well, I, I, uh, it's a, a labor of love, but it's one of those things that when you're in business, you have to build authority, create content, share your voice just to bring this back to voice. And so, uh, creating a podcast was one of those ways that I chose to get my own voice out there. Amazing. And we need, need more women podcasters. So yeah. uh, like below, I think the stats are like below 10%. It's like really low. So mm -hmm. in, on some channels. So I think it's, it's important to get that voice out there, but we're going to talk more about that. I still want to learn a little bit more about your business. Um, what's one of your favorite automation tools right now that you're using that you could not do 2024 without? <laughs> you're talking to the wrong girl, honestly. I am a tech uh, Luddite. Uh, I run a very simple, low-tech business. Um, and so in terms of automations, I guess I use Acuity, I have a website, but even then it's still very manual. That's sort of an area of growth for me. Uh, the tool that I use most and couldn't live without though is Google Docs. All right, yeah, I love Google Docs. Yeah. Okay, amazing. And then what's one of your favorite ways to grow your email list or your community? The thing that I've had the most success with is through hosting really low key casual events that I'm calling monthly marketing moments. And I didn't invent that term. It was from a couple of my coaches that I worked with in the past, but it, I've found that when I host a mini workshop, uh, a masterclass, an open office hours, and I just, I basically put it on, put, set up a meeting in zoom. I use the zoom registration interface. Like I don't even set up a proper, a landing page for it. I promote it a little bit to my teeny tiny email list. I promote it so on social and I usually get between 20 to 70 people showing up for those master classes and generally half of those people are new to me. So it is it's sort of slow increments but whenever I host those monthly marketing moments, it gives me a chance to interact, engage, meet new people, allow them to experience what it's like to work with me and add people onto my list. I haven't really experimented with running ads to a lead magnet. That's kind of my goal for this year. I have experimented with ads to my podcast and I think it did work. So I'm probably going to be starting that again. Mm -hmm. But those have been the way that I've most consistently grown my audience and generated clients. I love hearing about the master class because I, I do think that, you know, I see my clients putting out lots of content on social media and it's like, okay, how could you bundle that and turn that into a master class? And if you have a following, like, you know, sometimes they're worried that only like two people are going to show up. I'm like, great, knock it out of the park. And then those two people are going to tell like 10 more people and 
the word will get out that you are doing master classes of high value. So and people are really craving interaction right now. And uh, I just hosted a monthly marketing moment last week and it I only promoted it for a week. Like normally best practices promote it for two weeks in advance, but I promoted it at a week in advance. I had 55 people register Wow! and half of them showed up and almost half of them stayed for the whole time. And so it just really shows me that people are looking for that kind of high value, potent information and also engagement. They want to connect and engage with someone. Reading a post is fun and funny. Sometimes you can get some tips, you can save a post but it doesn't build that personal rapport, which is so important when you're building a business. Love it. So let's get to the topic today, which is unleashing your personality, standing out, creating this brand voice. So what is a brand voice, first of all? Yeah, great question. A brand voice is your verbal identity. In the same way that you, when you're starting a business, you probably get a logo and you pick some fonts and you get some colors. That's your visual identity. Your verbal identity, your brand voice is the things you say, the things you talk about, how you speak, what grade level you talk at or write at. It's the turns of phrase that you use. It's the little quirky isms that you might write into your copy. It's if you are writing and it sounds just like you, that is your brand voice and you want to have a brand voice, first of all, that reflects you and your personality, but you also want to be consistent with your brand voice across your different channels. You will have some nuance and variation. So, you know, when you're teaching, you might have more of a academic intellectual uh, brand voice. And when you're on social, you might have a more playful, like cheeky brand voice. If you think of like Miriam Webster, the, their social media is hilarious. But it's a dictionary brand. So, of course, like the corporate Merriam-Webster is going to be very, very um, intellectual and academic, but their brand voice on social is very fun and playful. So it, just knowing when and where and how to express that voice is your verbal identity. Okay. I love that. And why is it important for women, like midlife women right now, we talked about that, you know, like even using you as an example, like you could have started your business earlier. Like tie that all in together as far as like, why is it important for us as entrepreneurs that brand? Like, aren't you sick of seeing a panel of old white dudes? Like <laughs> yes. I am. And uh, I tuned into like a, a webinar the other week and it was three yeah. white dudes sitting in the panel and they started by saying, thanks for coming. And, uh, you're never going to be able to write as good as us because between all of us, we have all these hours of experience and we're just really naturally wired to be this creative, but thanks for coming. And I was like, what? excuse me. <laughs> so like, that is the prime example of why we need to hear more voices, see more bodies, see more wrinkles and hear more wisdom coming from the mouths of women mm -hmm. and a diversity of women, of course. Uh, and we have so much life experience and wisdom that we can bring to the table and share. And often when I am interacting with a lot of 
often I'm the one of the older people in many of the online communities that I'm in, and I'll see people posting about um, how to uh, manage like your kid or I'm going to get pregnant, blah, blah, blah. And I can kind of weigh in and be like, well, that's really cute that you think you can like nurse and keep doing this at the same time, but chances are you're going to want to build a little bit of extra time off. Like, you know, we can bring so much wisdom and also just a, a level of humor of like looking at life and laughing about life because we have lived it. Uh, so I really want more women to share their voice and their expertise. And also women have brilliant expertise. We have, we have a different way of thinking and those thoughts need to get out into the world. I love it. Uh, root table says here, or the rooted table, sorry, says hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was shocking when you told me that you went to this forum, this meeting, and that was I couldn't. I tried, I tried twice to like go back and listen to it, but I couldn't. It was like yeah. instant wall up, and I was like, fine, I, I can. And so, you know, yeah. I mean, I, I would say this when I talk to some of my clients that are in that midlife um, women entrepreneur group is, uh, they're worried that, you know, they're, they're too old, that the influencer population that's on social media, for example, is 20 years younger or 30 years younger, and they take up more of the space. Will anyone even pay attention? Will my voice even matter um, compared to sort of what's out there, uh, even within the same gender group? So I think that's, uh, I think, a concern. And then also just like, well, do I look as good? And, you know, and, and you know, and you said like the wrinkles, everything, right? Bring on the whole uh, bring on the whole look. So what, what are some of your thoughts on that? Uh, I mean, it's a struggle for me. I have actually never done an Instagram live before. So you're, you're, uh, popping my cherry, oh. uh, because <laughs> I have, uh, I can get on it. I can do my podcast. I can host a live masterclass. That's no problem. But for some reason, getting on Instagram or Facebook, or I'm not even on TikTok, but like doing that on camera, it scares me. Mm -hmm but I kind of have to push beyond my, my own fears. But my advice, my response to your, your, your note about like, oh, it's all the younger influences, younger influencers that are, that are online. Sure, they're online, but you know who I'm following? I'm following Celeste Barber. I'm following Kelly Mano. I'm following um, Denise, the 80s Denise. Like these are Gen X, creators who are creating content that I'm lapping up. Like I want to see those kinds of creators and I'm actually kind of sick of looking at really younger influencers telling me how to run my business. I'd way rather look at someone in my generation, giving me advice and wisdom on how to invest on how to set up my business on how to do marketing because I trust that person will understand my lived experience a little bit better. Mm -hmm. And uh, I missed the point. See, um, perimenopause oh. brain had something really smart to tell you. And then I forgot it. And that's, that's a, that's, <laughs> a, right? you know, and, and that's like the brilliant part of it. I was for you to say perimenopause and just, you know, someone that's like talking and loses their thought like midstream and says, Oh, well, come back tomorrow. Yeah. Maybe we're <laughs> Like, you know, in the middle of a reel or something. Yeah, um, exactly. So, yeah. so that, that, that's definitely part of it. I think my other piece, too, is that for women that are out there already in the entrepreneur space is to show up more. So that's why I wanted you to talk about this topic today, but also to influence the other 
uh, midlife women that are still not in the entrepreneurial space and like humming and hawing and thinking, oh, I can't even possibly open a business today because I need to have 10,000 followers on Instagram. My reels need to be at a million views. Like all these pressures, these like fabricated metrics that really don't mean anything and might not even actually directly impact your business for all that matter. Like I would even say like, that's great to get a million views on your reel, but those might not be anybody that's going to buy your product or service. They might like the fact that you were dancing in your kitchen for five seconds, but. Yeah. And I remembered what I was going to say. And also um, I lost the other thing, but what I was going to say was who has the money right now? It's people, Gen Xers, we are the ones who actually have the money who can invest in, in coaches, in services, in investing our money. Uh, so if you are wanting to sell to audiences who are prepared to buy, that is us. So uh, get your voice out if you are a Gen Xer or a middle lifer to, and attract us because we are craving to hear from you. I love that. I love hearing that, that too. And that's the reality, right? You know, boomers are starting to retire. They're closing up their businesses. Um, yeah. And uh, the younger generation, they're, you know, still straddling between maybe work and getting that experience or fully going uh, full-fledged into their business. We are at a point, midlife entrepreneurs, that we can make that investment into ourselves and into our business. So, you know, be, be out there and talking about your products and services to them. Mm -hmm. How do we write copy with personality? Like, how do we, what, like, scripting it out, writing it out so it shows up in our sales pages, it shows up in our social media feed? Yeah, so this is a huge hurdle uh, for so many of us, especially women and women who are in that middle generation because we have had 20 plus years of writing in Times New Roman 12 point font on like a paper. We were taught how to write a proper business letter and that served the world for a very long time. But we are in a completely different world now. We are in this online world where casual conversational communication is king. So the way you write with more personality is by writing how you talk. And now that's like, it's like, okay, what does that mean? One of the most easy ways to translate your talking voice into writing is by using a voice to voice to mm. voice to type app. Like there's one on Google that you can actually use. So you could talk out your methodology. You could talk out what you want to say for your social post. You'll probably want to go back and edit it a little bit, but that's one easy way that you can infuse your personality is just by talking and writing how you actually talk. Something happens with us when we sit down at the computer, we go to bang out that email and suddenly we get all formal and stiff and we start using jargon. And a lot of it is because we have been taught to be seen and not heard. And so we are afraid to share our personality, share our wisdom. We see all these other dudes with these professional jargon word buzzwords that they're using and we think oh that's what we need to use in order to sound professional and compete but but the studies show that the more simply the more basic the more conversationally you write you actually improve connections and conversions you improve sales when you write in that conversational tone i love it so um voice record yourself translate that into words you may need to you know, spot check a few things there, but that might be a great way to get that voice out there onto paper. You can see how you're communicating. 
Uh, I think the unconditioning yourself, right, too, is really key. Like lots of times in my early 20s, getting feedback around, you know, your presentation was too emotional, oh. too passionate. Right? Oh my gosh. Right? Oh. But yeah, too <laughs> this, too that uh, versus, uh, you know, so then tempering, learning to temper myself and learning the biz jargon, the biz speak, the corporate language. So yeah, that's, that's going to be like kind of a cool, uh, a cool thing to see people work on. Right. And yeah. And um, as you say, like that unconditioning unlearning, mm -hmm. uh, so there's, a, there are tools that you can help you with that. So when you write out an email, you can copy and paste it into Hemingway app, mm -hmm. uh, Grammarly, and they will find and flag and highlight like, this is jargon. This is, this is higher level terminology. This is a academic level of reading. So it'll actually show you the areas that maybe you could just like rework that section a little bit and go back and rewrite it. So that's an actual tool you could use to help you just um, fi find and flag those things for yourself. Another tip that I give my clients uh, is to read it out loud. So write it and then read it out loud. And is that how you actually talk? Right. So for, for example, I was helping a client yesterday uh, optimize some emails and she had a PS that was like, I can't wait to help you elevate your ease and peace in life. And I, I said to her, like, I don't think I've ever said, oh, I wish I could elevate the ease and peace in my life. And she was like, you're right. People don't talk like that. And we ended up changing that phrase to, I'll give you the tools to find calm whenever the shit hits the fan. And it's like, like we just changed it into what she actually meant and do your crappy first draft, then go back and edit in the personality. And so, so along that lines, swearing, swearing in print. Swearing on video, swearing on reels, mm -hmm. like what's your take on that? And by the, the rooted table has to go and they said thanks, but insights. And if anyone has to leave, sorry, I'll get you to still answer that question logistically. If anyone has to leave, no worries. This is also being um, put on podcast in a couple of weeks. It's going to come out. So Kim, myself, will share it. And so then you can get the full episode if you have to take off early. Yeah. So what's your take on swearing? So again, there is, I, think, I think the question behind your question is, how do we write with personality? Does that mean I have to like drop the F-bomb all the time? Does it mean I have to say, hey boss babe, hey girl boss? Right. No, yeah. it just means if you, if you swear as a, if you hop onto a call like this with your girlfriends, you're like, oh my God, can you freaking believe that? And you feel comfortable that you could talk to your audience like that, then do it. Right. But don't do it just as a shock tactic if you're not comfortable dropping an F-bomb, don't drop an F-bomb. I have written for three different clients who constantly drop F-bombs. That one brand has a podcast called Un-F Your Brain. And so there was a lot of F-bombs, S-dropping, the whole, all of it. But that's because that was their personality. So if you are, if that's how you talk, then go for it. Experiment with it. If you are nervous about it and don't want to, well, don't, don't feel pressure. You don't have to swear just for the sake of and swearing. Do you think there are certain platforms that are um, like, what's your take on that as far as, you know, should I be on Instagram? Should I be on LinkedIn? Should I be on Pinterest? What would, how would you do all those? I mean, I, I'm uh, terrible at, at social media. <clears throat> so I'm probably not the best person to ask. But, excuse me, my advice is start by hanging 
finding out where you want to hang out and where you are enjoying hanging out. And once you figure that out, then move on to a different platform. So I've been on Instagram for a bit. It's doing okay. Now I'm really trying to, to go on LinkedIn. Am I going to swear on LinkedIn? Yeah, I am. Uh, in my captions, I am. Uh, in my posts, I will. Uh, it's supposedly a more professional platform, but I don't care. There's, it's becoming more um, social uh, and they're picking up more of the algorithms of a lot of the other social platforms. So uh, in terms of swearing and where not to swear, I think the only place you wouldn't want to swear is like on a government grant application. If your audience is maybe like a, a really conservative audience and you know that they wouldn't respond well to that, then, then you don't, don't swear to them. But it's a, it's a combination of knowing your audience and being true to yourself. Okay. All good, all really good um, tips there. Uh, anywhere else, I guess, where you would say people to go? I mean, obviously work with someone like yourself. And what does that look like if someone was to work with you? Yeah, well, I, I mean, I work with clients one-on-one. -on -one, so people hire me to write their brand voice guide where I help them go through a, a discovery process to articulate and describe their brand voice. I also write websites and sales copy. I. I also have a group copy coaching program where uh, women, Gen X women work with me inside a monthly program where we have weekly coaching calls. So if they're writing those emails and they're like, Ooh, I'm not sure if I'm saying this right. Is it, is it too much jargon? Is it too much personality? You can come and bring that copy and I'll review it live and we can talk through ways to make it stronger weave in a little bit more personality, pull out some of this jargon. Um, <clears throat> so those are just a couple of the ways that I work with clients. And of course you can subscribe to the podcast and get some free tips there too. But I think Brenda, if I can, I just really want to also share, like there's a whole bunch of AI content coming out. And as people are just sort of willy nilly using whatever chat G GPT spits out, it's becoming very bland, very mediocre. Yes. And so when you can infuse your voice and personality and your stories, your perspectives, that is what's going to help you stand out from all of that milk toast, bland, beige content and copy that's out there. So tell your personal stories, tell your crazy mom jokes, like be quirky, be your weird self. And uh, people will be drawn to that because we're really craving that authentic human personal connection. Yeah, I'd even expand it, share your hobbies, yeah. your interests. Like, you know, if you, yeah, if you've got like, like I love Gothic churches. So when people see me go on trips there, I'm like, here's another one, here's another one, here's another one. You can get tired if you yeah. want, but here's another. Dilly has a question. She um, put it in the um, question box here. Like, can we, and when can we like ditch the boss babe? Is there another way oh. that we find ourselves as women entrepreneurs versus some of the jargony stuff that maybe came out in the early 2000s that's still lingering out there? Yeah. I mean, if you resonate with terms like girl boss, mompreneur, uh, go for it. I have never identified that. I have never written that into a client's copy unless it was to kind of make fun of it. Um, but I, I think if you call yourself uh, a CEO, call yourself a CEO. If you prefer the term woman founder, use that term. The point is talk to your audience mm -hmm. 
and ask them how they describe themselves. So uh, if, if Brenda, you were doing some market research and you asked me, so what terms do you use to describe yourself? I would never say I'm a girl boss. I'm a boss babe. I'm a boss bitch. I would never say that. I would say I'm a, I'm a woman entrepreneur. That's how I would identify myself. I'm starting to experiment with like the CEO language, but it still doesn't feel right for me. So I'm, I'm a self-employed woman awesome. entrepreneur. Awesome. Yeah, I've played around with the CEO piece too. I think because I have pivoted my business a few times, I do think of a CEO as being an employee uh, in my business, right? And so mm -hmm. sometimes I put on that hat if I need to. Uh, and then other times I'm like, no, I'm, I'm like the entrepreneur. I want to, and even founder seems like too much of a legacy yet. I'm still in this sort of creative space. And so the entrepreneur title just sort of fits with me when people ask me, how would you define yourself? I love entrepreneur. It allows me still to yeah. kind of play and you know, reinvent my business continually versus founder means it's like established and it's not, I don't know, in my mind, change. And again, no offense to anyone else that has these titles. Yeah. CEO it feels like an employee, someone that I would hire. So because I worked, I right. came from corporate job and I was employed by the founder and the CEO and the CEO was an employee of the founder. So that's just kind of my language around it. But um, yeah, I love, hopefully Shelly, that helps answer your question as far as like alternatives. And yeah, if it doesn't fit with you, then like don't, don't use it. And if it fits with your clients, like decide how you want to use it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so people had to go, which is fine. So thanks for being here. Um, what else are you like? I mean, when we talk about this, like midlife entrepreneur, like we talked about like some people that you follow, uh, like this left barbers, you know, like in influence you or inspire you. Where are some other places that I think as women entrepreneurs that we can get that inspiration around content ideas from that, that you checked out? Uh, I have tried to join communities where there are women of a higher generation, higher or older generation, not older, but like, um, that midlife. So when I'm joining a community, I'm kind of like, what are, what is the age range of people in there? So as long as they're sort of millennials, like I love a diversity, um, but I do get fulfilled by, by being in communities of people who are around my age range. Um, in terms of like, uh, I love listening to podcasts. So, I mean, Mel Robbins is like famous podcaster, but she's in our generation and I love how real and authentic she is when she's like talking about how she doesn't fit her jeans anymore. You know, like we can relate to those stories. Um, and yeah, you know, uh, I pretty much use social media for entertainment. So if anyone's sharing like a funny meme, I don't know, a friend's a friend's meme or something to do with like getting older, I'm in. I'm in. Mm -hmm. Love it. Okay. I I mean I hear this a lot, like sort of the dif the difference between a corporate brand and a personal brand. How would you define that for a client that's asking? So I have uh, worked with some clients who are, who serve a very, very corporate audience. Mm -hmm. And so they've built their brand around being very corporate. Right. Um, it's, you know, the such and such group is, it's like a, they're, they go by their business name. Mm -hmm. However, I feel that you can still, if you have that corporate brand, you can still infuse your founder's personality into it. You can still still share your personality, talk about your own stories, talk about your, the reason why you started this business. Um, as far as personal brand, I think personal brand suits women entrepreneurs very, very well. Uh, women buy from women. We 
create a personal connection. If, if Brenda, if you had your brand and you were going by the brand more, more than your name, I probably wouldn't feel as connected to you mm -hmm. as you go going by Brenda. Rigby. Yeah. I will, mm -hmm. Well, I made that uh, last year. So yeah. I did have like sort of more of a, I don't, I would never say it was a corporate brand, but definitely a business brand name. Mm -hmm. yeah. And even like, like my handle now on Instagram is it's Brenda yeah. Rigney. Um, and I've definitely noticed uh, an uptake in that and even like little subtlety things like changing the avatar picture instead of a company logo to just my face. And sometimes people ask me that all the time. Should I have my company logo up even though I'm the brand and I'm, I've got, you know, XYZ coaching or XYZ consulting company. Um, I still want to keep the company name up there and I'm like, play it out, try it out, see what, you know, what it can do for you. Right. As far as having that, that visual image of yourself, because just as much as I think, you know, uh, a woman entrepreneur wants to establish themselves and get that authority and that identity out there in their community. Uh, we often see a lot of times corporate brands are trying to find that personality. Yeah. Like they're, they go like, you know, down this rabbit hole of like corporate speak, et cetera, that they've lost that. Um, that's why I sort of look at someone like say even Ryan Reynolds, right? Like the things that he's done with aviation gin or, you know, the soccer team or any of the businesses that he's got, like there's this personality behind it and he could just be selling gin like everybody else is selling gin or he's going to, you know, do something wacky and funny and spill the drink or laugh at himself doing something. And it just like inspires me to think, okay, yes, like, you know, that's a really great example too. A guy, but um, talking about, you know, how a great guy. He's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a funny guy, but like bringing personality into the business, right? Well, and I think that's why a lot of corporate brands are using influencers to sell their marketing is because they want to humanize the brand. They want to get somebody who can relate to their audience to share and connect. So like you can either hire an influencer or you can become your own influencer, whatever that means for you. But yeah, I think brands are wanting to bring that human personal relation relationship uh element to the conversation because we buy through our hearts and our souls and through story yes we need to know the facts too but it's really what's going to connect us first is where we're going to make that sale i love it uh so kim you are gifting us something today uh what is it can you tell so, yeah, it's access to uh, a brand voice guide workbook that walks you step by step through how to uh, identify your brand voice, how to discover it, how to keep track of it, how to uh, share it a little bit more. And once you fill out this workbook, then you can actually hand it over to a team member like a VA if you want to outsource it. I know on yesterday's conversation, you were talking about how to give feedback to your copywriter. And they don't know how to write like you. Well, first you first you fill out this workbook yeah. and then you give it to your copywriter and then they will write just like you. I mean, you know, within reason. Uh, but what's great about the workbook is it is a companion piece to a three part uh, mini podcast series that I did all about brand voice. So when you access that workbook, you'll get the links to listen. You can listen to the workbook. You can go through the physical workbook and it'll help you find ways to to communicate in a way that sounds like you and feel confident to get your message out there. I love that. And you, you can get, are you sharing the, the link on your page? Yeah. I, yeah. I, okay. 
share um, our session today. So I'll share some highlights of the session and then share the link on there. And then plus when this goes into podcast in yeah. a couple of weeks, it'll also. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so a few points on this is that I love the fact that you're pairing it up with your podcast because your podcast is amazing. So <laughs> I selfishly, I'm getting access to all these freebies too. So I'm like, okay, when am I going to do them all? But yours will be at the top of the pile for sure. And then uh, the second thing is, yes, yesterday in the session with Diane Lamb, we were talking about when to hire a VA and we kept using um, a copywriter as an example. Yeah. yeah. And you were on there and I'm like, okay, it's not about copywriting. <laughs> That's what the only people we need to manage in our lives and our businesses. But um, yeah, it just kept coming up in that space. So thank you for um, uh, being there with us for that. Um, okay. And then where can people find you? Uh, well, if you're hanging out here on Instagram right now, you can just come to my profile, Kim underscore Keel underscore copy. Uh, and my email or sorry, my website is sort of the foundation for all the bits and pieces. So that's Kim Keel.com. There you can link to my podcast, grab some freebies, uh, join my email newsletter and, uh, yeah, reach out to me. I love connecting one-to-one. -one, so reach out to me anytime. Kim, it's been amazing. On being on here today. One final tip I want to share with people. Don't overthink it. We hold ourselves back so much from overthinking, trying to be perfect. And the reality is people won't hear you if you don't get your message out and you, you will never be perfect. So if you get an idea to share some content, trust that it's the right idea. Don't overthink it, get it out. And as you start building that muscle of sharing your voice, sharing your content, writing your emails, you'll get feedback, you'll grow that muscle, you'll figure out how to write faster, better, and more effectively. So stop the overthinking, stop the second guessing, just get it out Love there. It. Thank you so much, Kim, for being on here today, sharing your wisdom with us and doing your first Instagram live. Yeah, I'm very like a hallmark badge or yeah. something that you can put up. Yeah. yeah. So thanks again. And uh, everybody else, just as I remember uh, sharing before, um, the podcast will be coming out in the next couple of weeks. Um, so make sure that you tune in to Kim's feed and my feed. You'll get the links in there and we'll see you soon. Take care, everyone. Bye, Kim. Bye. Thanks, Brenda.